Chapter Thirteen of the Barnabys in America by Francis Melton Trollope. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Chapter Thirteen. Some interesting passages in the progressive attachment of Madame Barnaby and Beauchamp. The American lady hints a wish to see the dresses of the English one. Compliance is promised, but a short delay requested. When Major Allen Barnaby learned from his wife that the travelling party to be composed in the manner already agreed upon by the two ladies was actually arranged, he smiled very good-humouredly and said, "'That's all very well, my Barnaby, and a capital hand you are to set a machine in action. But you don't quite calculate, do you, as these curious fellows say, upon my being ready to pack up and to go away at a moment's warning? You do not in sober earnest expect that, do you?' those words of doubt and dread came like a thunderbolt or rather like an avalanche for nothing could be more chilling on the ears and heart of poor mrs allen barnaby never having been from her earliest infancy in the habit of doubting her own powers she had no sooner fully conceived the scheme of writing a book than a well-assured and very brilliant success immediately rose before her mind's eye as being perfectly certain and that too no mere idle windy wordy success born in the drawing-room and buried on the staircase but solid profitable money-getting success that might do as much to help them forward or very nearly so as one of the major's best games at piquet in curzon street and overlooking the possibility that her husband's view of the case might not be precisely the same as her own she felt as much shocked and disappointed at hearing him thus speak to her as if he had suddenly declared that he meant to turn hermit and for the future should require no money at all the dismay expressed by her countenance was so great and to say the truth so comical that the major for one moment laughed outright but this was a species of amusement that upon principle he rarely indulged in and before the fire which he saw mounting to his lady's eyes had fully flashed upon him the foolish fit was over and his laugh exchanged for a smile of the most amiable domestic amenity come come wife said he you must not take what i say too gravely either and i cannot help laughing when i see you getting it into your head that i mean to take up my dwelling in this cursed place and remain here to be broiled everlastingly set your heart at rest upon that point my barnaby if you are in such haste to be off it's lucky for you perhaps that the said here are just what they are why my dear will you believe it i don't think that out of the thirty or forty playing men that i have either tried myself or watched others try i don't believe that out of the whole number there's half a dozen that isn't as keen-witted as myself you understand me now that won't do you know by any means what's good play or a sharp eye or the help of tornarino or anything else with such a set of fellows the difference between london and new orleans seems to be just this on our side of the water there's a population of flats with just a respectable sprinkling of sharps among them to keep men from going to sleep and sinking into absolute stupidity but here upon my honour and soul the whole population old and young strikes me as being sharps with such a scanty supply of flats amongst them as it breaks one's spirit to think of and as for the diamond-cut diamond sort of business that is carried on here it would not suit me at all i am not used to it and i am not quite so young as i was my dear and ceaseless never-ending hard work don't suit me i won't say but what i might be a match for them if i tried hard for it but the profit would be little or none for after a fair trial between me and most of em i am greatly mistaken if we should not one and all come to pretty nearly the same conclusion and that would just be to let one another alone but how do these gentlemen make the thing answer themselves my dear donny demanded his wife with her usual shrewdness 
why i suppose by watching for every new arrival like sharks after a dead body he replied but that would never answer for us my dear barnaby besides if it did they would get so confounded jealous of me being an englishman that i should have no peace of my life no wife i shan't stay here i promise you you have no reason to be terrified by that notion but you have not lost anything to speak of yet have you my dear said she her own satisfaction at the idea of their departure being for a moment lost sight of in her domestic anxiety for the well-doing of every member of her beloved family you have not paid very dear i hope for what you have learned no my dear he replied that is not my way and i should have thought you might have guessed as much no i thought i detected something the first night just before the party broke up that looked a little like a determination to let me win but i was not sure of it so last night i became a good deal more heedless and gay-hearted you see than before and then i saw i and heard too what put me up to them why they had found me out in no time and all their scheming was not to get the better of me but to get me dropped out of the one or two set two games they had been planning where they had got something like a novice to work at so i very quietly let them have their way about it and i think that puzzled them again a little but well, that's only the fun of a moment mind you and would not last i'll engage for it long enough to make me sure of a dozen dollars however we can't suppose you know that they are all finished up in this high style in every part of the union and further on i hope we shall fare better my barnaby i shall do very well by and by i dare say so don't look uneasy about it heaven grant we may fare better my dear replied his wife for confident as i am of the success of my work it will by no means do donny for us all to depend upon it you know no my dear said he very demurely i don't think it will nevertheless wife i do not intend mine you to set off post haste just after what happened last night they would understand it exactly as well as you do and a little better too perhaps for you will be thinking naturally enough that your book has something to do with it while they'd know well enough every mother's son of them that coming out here to see what i could do i had met with my match and was off to find game less wild elsewhere and i'll leave you to judge the sort of introduction that would follow after me so if you please my dear love we will not start in a bustle and you must please to tell your new friend mrs beauchamp who i suspect manages her husband more completely than even you do yours my barnaby that you intend to begin your examination of their magnificent country here and you may ask her if you will to introduce you about a little everybody seems to know them and i am told that beauchamp has the finest estate and the largest gang of slaves in all carolina however well mrs allen barnaby might manage her donny she knew what if you please my dear love meant as well as an old mare on a common knows the length of her tether and she therefore hazarded not one word of objection to this prolonged abode at new orleans though she not only longed with extreme impatience to set off on the progress which her new friend had sketched out to her in such inviting colours but she also earnestly desired to remove herself from an atmosphere where she was perpetually uttering prayers the very reverse of hamlet's and wishing that her too too melting flesh were more solid and not thawing and dissolving itself into dew as it did at present there was however something in the idea of being introduced into new orleans society by a person whom everybody knew and who had the finest estate and largest gang of slaves in carolina which was very consolatory and like a wise woman she immediately fixed her thoughts and brought her conversation to bear on this most agreeable portion of her husband's discourse 
that is a capital good idea of yours major said she about my asking mrs beauchamp to introduce us as if just for the purpose you know of enabling me to describe the society in my book and with that notion in her head she will pick out the very best and genteelest see if she don't i have no doubt of it he replied with a sagacious nod and i shall choose my dear to be included in this visiting for i know of old that new orleans is accounted one of the first places for play of its size anywhere and that makes me think that it's likely enough coming here as a stranger with my family and all so very respectable and domestic i may do better in these drawing-rooms for the time we stay than i have any chance of doing among the regular set at the gaming-tables so i don't care how soon you set about talking to her on this subject and you may say you know that in a new place as this is to you it has always been your rule to go nowhere unaccompanied by your excellent husband you understand me oh yes perfectly my dear and i'll do the thing as it ought to be done you may depend upon it but i say donny dear there is no occasion is there for me to take those poor dear lanky-looking perkinses with me everywhere it will be all very well when we are in lodgings anywhere that we should all be together because if it's the same here as in london that makes a great difference in paying for the drawing-room but it will be a dreadful bore won't it if we can never go out anywhere without them i am sure i don't know who'll ever ask us on that point my dear i have not a word to say replied the major shaking his head it is one of those female ladylike mysteries with which i positively can have nothing to do it was you my dear and your daughter patty that arranged their coming with us and now if you like it you may arrange that they shall be sent back again if you had requested to bring mother redcap i should have consented provided she could have paid her expenses and if you had her here i should let you do precisely what you liked with her but i must not be plagued about it mrs barnaby no more you shall dear i'll manage all that and now be off with you there's a good man for i shall have mrs beauchamp knocking at my door in a minute and by what i hear the boarding ladies say to one another they would be shocked dreadfully to find you here shocked to find me in my own room wife said the major somewhat surprised yes they would indeed it does seem droll to be sure but mrs beauchamp says that every lady's chamber as she calls it is considered in all the boarding-houses the genteelest place to receive company lady company of course and therefore that the husbands are never permitted to be there well then i'm off i'll just ramble about a little among the billiard-tables this morning but i shall be devilish careful how i play so you must not be over-anxious my dear the sociable anticipations of mrs allen barnaby were not disappointed for hardly had the major disappeared before as she had predicted the gentle lady-like knock of mrs beauchamp was heard at the door the well-pleased tenant of the chamber confined not her welcome to the ordinary words come in but hastening to the door threw it open to its widest extent and did everything that smiles nods hand-pressings and rejoicing expletives could do to prove the delight which the visit gave her the two ladies then seated themselves on a comfortable sofa and smilingly began to compare notes on the explanatory interviews that they had had with their respective husbands since their conversation of the preceding morning both declared that far from finding any difficulty the plan they had formed had met with the most cordial approbation from the gentleman both concluding her agreeable statement nearly in the same words namely i must say that whenever i particularly wish anything the colonel or the major very rarely opposes me and then having reached this point mrs allen barnaby said quite as a matter of course 
that some short time however must be given to becoming better acquainted with the charming town they were in for that it would be dreadful to write a book on america and find nothing to say of so very fine a city as new orleans god bless my soul i never thought of that exclaimed mrs beauchamp with the look and voice of a sincere penitent most perfectly true to be sure most perfectly true i shall never forgive myself i do think for ever dreaming that you could start as we talked right away up the river with never a word said of such a glory of a city as new orleans i expect i had better not tell this tale against myself at mrs carmichael's dinner-table for i shall get more sour looks than would be at all agreeable however will both of us remember the proverb less said is soonest mended and never say a word about it you understand me my dear lady yes to be sure you must mrs allen barnaby she continued after meditating a moment you must see the theatres both french and american and the glorious keys and the magnificent levy and we must get to the place where you'll be sure to see the most steamboats together such a sight as you never saw before i calculate and then the market oh such a market every individual thing coming by the river and no other earthly way so smooth such a current and so unaccountable beautiful and then there will be the shops you london ladies will find the difference between these shops and yours i expect for here it is altogether one and the same thing as if you went into the shops at paris even down to the talking french behind the counters which we calculate gives a very genteel air to the town being foreign-like without being english which is what as you want to know everything you will excuse me for saying we prefer but i have little or no doubt my dear mrs allen barnaby that when your book appears such a book as between us i am sure will be able to make it all those little unpleasant feelings will wear away and you will come to be quite as popular among us as the french themselves heaven grant your delightful prophecy may come true my dear madam returned mrs allen barnaby every feature as she listened expressive of attention and deep respect that it should prove so is i may truly say the first and dearest wish of my heart but it seems to me my dear mrs beauchamp that notwithstanding the many interesting things you have mentioned you have omitted one that is almost i think the most important of all have i indeed exclaimed mrs beauchamp looking in no degree displeased by the remark but i have no doubt you are right it is indeed a great deal more likely that you should be right than not for this country from end to end is so crammed full of wonders of one sort or another that i expect one must have a most unaccountable good memory not to forget some of them but tell me my dear lady what is the particular thing you mean it is your own fault my dear mrs beauchamp replied the anxious inquirer if i do think it is the most important of all replied mrs allen barnaby with a very charming smile if i had never seen or conversed with you i might not perhaps have been so very desirous of acquiring the power of describing the society of the country this is it which i must confess strikes me as the most important feature of all especially in such sort of work as that which i intend to produce and you are right i guess as sure as there's a sun in heaven no doubt about it 
and what in the world i could be thinking of to suppose you could begin even for a single page without that is more than i can guess i promise you i suppose i thought that was sure to come as a matter of course and so i suppose it would in the long run but you are a deal more smart and thoughtful than i am in turning your mind to it from the very first luckily there's no time lost as yet however and a few notes of my writing to some of the people at first standing in the town will settle the matter at once i know not said mrs allen barnaby with much feeling while her jocund heart fluttered in her bosom as she remembered the trunks full of fine furbelowed dresses she had brought from london indeed i know not how i can never thank you enough for all the trouble you are taking for me all i can say is that you will not find an ungrateful heart all i can do and ten times more mrs allen barnaby may be out and out repaid i expect if you will but exert your talents for us replied mrs beauchamp all i want in return is that you should portray us to the world for just what we really are and that is the finest nation upon the surface of god's whole earth and as far ahead in civilization of europe in general and england in particular as the summer is before winter in heat on that point fear nothing replied mrs allen barnaby with a sort of concentrated earnestness that seemed quite sublime to mrs beauchamp my bosom seems to have received a spark from yours and glows warmly and i trust brightly with the desire of teaching the world where to look for and where to find all that is noblest in man but tell me my dear friend permit me to call you so tell me in what style do the ladies dress at the parties to which you so kindly propose introducing us will feathers be considered as too full dress i have many sets that are exceedingly magnificent but on this point i shall really wish to be entirely guided by you well then ma'am i may say in return that for the most part the ladies of new orleans don't consider any dress whatever as too elegant for their parties and provided your feathers come from paris i don't in the least question but what they will be very much approved perhaps mrs allen barnaby as we are on such comfortable and clever terms together you might not object to my just looking over your dresses it is what we american ladies don't at all scruple to ask from one another and i expect that there's few females to be found anywhere as better understands the thing than we do it is quite impossible that mrs beauchamp could have made any request with which mrs allen barnaby would have complied with greater pleasure partly by the aid of the ready money which had floated round them during their few months prosperous abode in london and partly from the credit which had resulted from it mrs allen barnaby had contrived to rig herself out as she called it with a prodigious quantity of fine clothes nearly the first thought which crossed her mind when informed by her husband that she must prepare to cross the atlantic was how she should be able to convey these treasures with her she had pulled them and caused them to be pulled forth from their various repositories and probably any woman of nerves less firm than her own would on seeing the accumulation have abandoned the idea of conveying them all with her as a thing impossible but not so my heroine as we are told is often the case with the noblest minds difficulties on such an occasion as this only seemed to generate strength throughout her whole frame a new a very new and original thought struck her as she gazed at the masses of velvet and satin piled around her in her curzon street bedroom on the afternoon of the day which succeeded her celebrated ball 
for one short moment indeed her spirit seemed overwhelmed and she muttered the word impossible but in the next the thought above alluded to suggested itself she fell into an attitude of deep meditation the forefinger of her left hand pressed to her forehead the right hand extended as if to forbid the approach of any one to interrupt her and her eyes closed for a few minutes she stood thus silently and wholly absorbed then arousing herself from the sort of trance into which she seemed to have fallen she said to the abigail who stood staring at her where were all the hampers put that brought in the wine which your master ordered when we first came into the house i don't rightly know i'm sure ma'am replied the woman but i somehow think they are in the coal-hole coal-hole repeated her mistress with a natural shudder you mean one of the cellars i suppose you vulgar creature such a house as this has no coal-hole just go to the linen-press upstairs and bring down all the sheets and tablecloths you can find eh and all the towels too make haste i shall be back in a minute a mind of less intense energy would probably have contented itself by issuing orders for an examination of the contents of the coal-cellar but that of mrs allen barnaby was differently constituted she penetrated herself to the dusky and dusty region herself held high the candle which enabled her to reconnoitre its contents and herself witnessed the drawing forth of hamper after hamper from its remotest corner a mind of less intense energy too might considering the purpose to which she desired to apply these hampers have shrunk and felt appalled at the dingy condition in which she found them but no weakness of the kind shook even for a moment her firm and steadfast purpose she bade the cook the page and the coachman who all stood staring at her from the area to lug them out and then she bade them take sundry brooms and brush them and then she bade them use the handles of the said brooms to beat and shake them and finally she bade them take them all being eight in number and of a goodly size their straw abstracted from within and the coal-dust as far as might be from without to her own sleeping apartment and there deposit them the menials wondered but obeyed this done she quickly followed the eight hampers and quickly was rewarded too by finding how perfect was the success of her expedient guarded by the linen wrappers in which with all the tenderness of a fond parent she herself enveloped her treasures she gradually saw her satins her silks her laces and her velvets absorbed before her eyes till nothing remained to look upon but eight hampers our retrospect has already been too long and we therefore must not dwell upon the delightful feeling with which the labour thus accomplished inspired its projector suffice it to say that madame tornorino as nearly as she could followed her mamma's example that not a candle-box or crockery crate was left unoccupied and that few ladies ever quitted their native shores leaving less of what they loved behind than did the mother and daughter of our history but all these treasures or at least by far the greater and more precious part of them were still reposing in their wicker tabernacles awaiting the necessity now apparently so delightfully near of being called forth again into action it is scarcely exaggeration to say that every fibre of their animated owner's frame felt a quiver of delight as she remembered what she had to show and listened to the invitation to display it but some delay was however inevitable the effect of dragging forth her splendid draperies from the unseemly recesses of a wine-hamper was in a moment so graphically present to the soul of mrs allen barnaby that despite her eagerness she ventured to refer her friend to the morrow for the gratification of a curiosity which it was very evident she would have preferred gratifying to-day but when the stately mrs allen barnaby said with dignity my travelling trunks my dear madam have not all as yet been conveyed to my apartment 
mrs beauchamp became aware that it was no good to press the matter farther and curtsied herself off with an assurance that she would certainly not forget to write the notes she had mentioned and had no doubt whatever that lots of invitations would follow End of chapter thirteen